Unity of Farmington Hills, a positive path for spiritual living. Long to be a hero. My sword raised high, running to the battle. I was gonna take giants down, be a man you could write about. Deep in my chest is the heart of a warrior. So why am I still standing here? I love that song. Can you give them a hand again? Woo! Wow, that, that, uh, that, um, I love that our music always wakes us up. And it's, it's really nice, isn't it? Yeah. It's not boring. I, I like exciting music. Oh, man. What if I give everything? That's, that's, I like that. Um, I felt like it was somebody else up here. I feel my mama and my sister must be up here. Okay, God. 
All righty. Okay, so I'm glad I really, I, I was, <laughs> I got these heels on and I landed right, I'm glad. Oh man, I'm really energized, I'm really energized. I do have a quick joke. I have a cute little joke. So this lady, ends, I heard this story of this lady who ended up going up to heaven and uh, Peter met her at the pearly gates and uh, he's like, she's like, wow, I'm so excited to be here in heaven. She's, he's like, hold on. You got to spell a word correctly first before you can get into heaven. And she was like, well, what word? He's like, any word. So she goes, okay, love, L-O-V-E. He's like, good, you get to get in. And he was like, you know what? As a matter of fact, I got to go to the restroom. So can you, <laughs> can you watch the gate for me? So she's watching the gate, right? And all of a sudden, her ex-husband starts walking up to the gate. And she's like, oh, looky here, looky here. And she's like, what are you doing here? And he said, well, I had a heart attack, and wow, am I in heaven? She's like, yeah, but hold up, hold up. You have to do the same, you have to get in the same way I got in. You have to spell a word. And he's, he says, really, what word? And she thinks about it for a second. She goes, spell Czechoslovakia. <laughs> I don't think he ever got to heaven. <laughs> I don't remember how to spell it. Do you? <laughs> it's like 20 letters in that word. Oh, my goodness. Okay, so we have been really moving deeper and deeper into these spiritual powers that we are, that we manifest. It's not just that we have them. We literally are these spiritual powers, and they get expressed in different areas of our life, in different ways, right? So last month, we, we went through the month of divine order, and the month before that was will, you know, and each month has a specific power that we amplify and study in, in unity. The 12 powers represent the 12 months, represent the 12 tribes, represent 12 aspects of ourselves that open us up into a higher expression of God. So in the month of October is the power of, anybody remember? Zeal, yes. I, I especially knew those who took the 12 powers would know. <laughs> Do you remember the disciple that represents Simon? Simon. All righty. Give that girl a high five. <laughs> really, I want to run down the aisles and give everybody a high five. I'm so hyped up. Yes, Simon is the disciple for zeal. And as I've been studying and meditating on zeal, it is our ability to be passionate. It is our ability to be enthusiastic. It's our ability to motivate. It's our ability to move, to initiate. And it's really that spark. Charles Fillmore says it's that spark of life that urges us to go forward, urges us forward into life. It's the, the spark in plants that help the plants, that causes the growth in the plants for them to grow. That's what, that's what it is. So as I'm meditating on zeal, I was asking the question, and I'm going to ask you guys this question too, and I want us to ponder this for today. Why are we here, really? We, 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 of course we're here, we breathe and move and have our being in God, but really why are we here? To serve. To serve. To serve. Yes, anybody else? to learn and to grow. And as I was meditating on that, 
on why we are here. And it is to serve, is to learn, is to grow, is to be an expression. We, we say this every Sunday that we are an individualized what? Expression of God, right? So as you connect to God, you are moving and breathing and having your being in God. As you are expressing God, you are being as God. So we are here to be in and as God. We're here to learn ourselves and learn who we are in and as God. But how do we do that? Through love. love. What else? Love is the biggest way we do that. So the scripture that I want to use to move into that even more deeply is the gospel according to John. Now, this is, we're going to be going through the whole thing. It's John verses um, 20 through 24, and I'm going to read the whole thing, but then we're going to go and we're going to dissect it a little bit. So let me give you a little background story of what's going on here. Jesus and his disciples are walking, are um, traveling to Jerusalem, and they're going through Samaria. Samaria. Um, and they come across this well, and Jesus stops to rest, and his disciples go on and get some food. So he comes across this Samaritan woman, and she's about to draw some water from the well, and he says, Can you, will you give me some water? And now back then there was a, ri- a rival between um, Jewish people and Samaritans. So she goes, why are you asking me for some water? You know? And he sa- he's saying, lady, if you knew who I was, you'd be asking me for water, because my water, with my water, you never thirst again. And then he goes on to tell her about her life. He, you know, she, he, he actually does a reading on her. You know? She realized, she says, that you must be a prophet. And then we're at this part where she says, so since you are a prophet, tell me why it is that you Jews insist that Jerusalem is the only place of worship, while we Samaritans claim it is here on Mount Gerizim, where our ancestors worshiped. Then Jesus goes on to say, believe me, dear woman, the time is coming when it will be no longer, well, it will no longer matter where you worship. See, they were also struggling on the, the question of where do you worship? And so he's saying, that won't be, that won't matter anymore. Whether you worship, it won't matter anymore. What will matter is whether you worship um, in spirit, wait, wait, let me just read that part where it says, uh, the time is coming when it will no longer matter where you worship the Father on this mountain or in Jerusalem. Now, I'm going to tell you something. Mount Gerizim symbolically represents your mental. It represents you mentally working through the spiritual principle. It represents you mentally working through how to align yourself with God. It's literally the fourth unity principle, the working out. But in that situation, when you're working it out, there's stuff that comes up that you have to deny and release, right? So it's also considered a wasteland in a way because it's those pieces of you that you need to um, purify into the consciousness of who you truly are from your soul, those aspects that you think about yourself and think about situations that are not loving and are error-based, false thinking and false living. You have to change it. So that's what Mount Gerizim represents. Jerusalem represents peace. It's an inhabitation of peace. The Samaritans, let me read this because um, Charles Fillmore has an awesome book called 
the Metaphysical Bible Dictionary. Any of you guys know about it? Some of you. He says that, and he's the co-founder of, he and his wife, co-founders of the Unity Movement. He says that Jews represent our highest aspect of divine ideas. It's spiritual consciousness. So when Jewish people were saying that they're chosen one, actually those of us who are moving in spiritual consciousness are the chosen ones because we've chosen to live in that consciousness. We have divine will, and whatever it is that you choose, you're choosing to live in divine consciousness, you're considered a Jew. If you're not, you're considered a Gentile. So that's what those represent metaphysically and spiritually. Samaritans represent having a mixed dual, duality, world, being worldly, and being religious instead of spiritual. So going according to the letter of the law instead of the spirit of the law. And so when Jesus is, keeps on going, he says, you Samaritans know very little about the one you worship because they don't worship in spirit. It was idolism. They don't worship going inside in spirit. You cannot worship God outside of you, connecting to the things outside of you. He says, while we Jews know all about him, our salvation comes through the Jews. Salvation is the working out, the realigning. It's the fourth unity principle of sitting and aligning your consciousness with God. That's what salvation is. Now let's keep going. But the time is coming indeed. It is here now. When true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. The Father is looking for those who will worship him that way. The, fourth one, uh, the 24th uh, scripture here is what we're going to really work on. For God is spirit. We can read this together. For God is spirit, so those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. Now, I wanna, as, I, as, I, as I ask God... Why are we here? I heard we are here, which I've said to you many times, to manifest heaven on earth. We're here to be the expression of heaven on earth. That's what we're here to do. But how do we do that? And when I thought about it and I asked, how do we do that? This scripture came to me. Because we are the essence of God, which is the spirit, and in my class yesterday, I went over the first and second unity principle, the first unity principle being that there is only one power and presence in this world and in the universe, God, the good, omnipotent. And the second unity principle is that you are one with that, that the spark of divinity is in you. So when you worship, you must worship in spirit and in truth because you are spirit and you are truth. The same aspect that is God. You cannot worship outside of you. Even when you are sitting and singing and you're moved by the music, what moves you? Really, what's moving you? I'm getting moved by this mic. That's what's happening with me. I'm getting moved by this mic. <laughs> okay, I had to move the mic. That's what it was telling me. Okay, I brought it up. All righty. So, so like when we were singing, I remember the first time I heard Lauren sing that song, What If I Give Everything? And it pushed me because I realized there are sometimes we just go through the motions. Worship is not about just going through the motions, sitting and clapping and celebrating. And that's not worship. That's an outer expression. The, the scripture says that God is spirit. So you don't worship on the outside if you're worshiping God because God is spirit. 
That which is outside of us is what was created from what, is from what came from inside of us. This became, was a picture in somebody's mind, in the spirit of somebody's mind, before they even thought about the materials that were needed to, to create it, and it was developed on paper and then created in a physical form. You were a thought in God's mind. God was worshiping when God thought about you. God was worshiping, this is going to be a divine hope, and I'm going to put all my divine expression in her in one unique way that no one will ever express again. God was worshiping when God was creating you in your mama's womb. Before you even were thought of, before your parents even came together, the thought of you was in God's mind, and God was worshiping you. And knew what you would be. Knew every intricate part of you. Knew every hair on your head. Knew the color of your eyes. Knew how you would be shaped before you even were thought of in your mama and daddy. Before they even came together, you were being worshipped in the mind of God. You cannot worship God on the outside world by what somebody's giving you and by seeking it from other people. You can only worship in spirit and in truth. And what does that mean? Any ideas? What does that mean to worship in spirit and in truth? No ideas? Trust. You trust because your heart is in it. So the spirit is the consciousness of who you are in your love for God. You cannot trust who you don't know. You cannot trust an energy that you do not know. That is why it's so important to have a relationship with God, because when you truly worship God, you worship God with everything you are. I promise you that inside of each and every one of you is everything that is the essence of God. Everything. And the only way to worship God, truly worship God, which is what we are here to do as an expression of God, is to be truly who we are, fully self-expressed which is the capital S, the Christ self, fully Christ expressed in our personality self. Does that make sense? But say you're all love and everything, and you get, oh, I'm in love with this person, I'm in love with that person, and, and I'm so in love that I, I don't use my mind. And I'm doing everything like that disease to please thing that keeps coming up in my mind that I'm manifesting a deep healing in. I would give up everything to people because I knew you're supposed to love no matter what, Right? But there are some times that you love by saying no. And I'd be all in everybody, wearing myself out, doing what they wanted me to do so I can feel worthy in them. Trying to work, putting them as idol and being idol worshiping and worshiping what somebody else says about me instead of what I say about me. That's not what we're here to do. We're here to be a full, honest, and authentic expression of God. And when you say yay, when you mean to say nay, you, not, you are not an honest expression of God. How many times do we do that in this world? Right? Can we honestly say that throughout the whole day, we are being authentically ourselves? Even at work when there are all these rules in this certain um, environment that you're supposed to be in, are you being fully self-expressed? When I moved out of my home and got married, I realized when I came back sometimes and we'd be back in the family, I would resort back into my quiet self. Like, they, they like joking on each other and, and, and 
what we would call, what you would call capping on each other. And I, it would hurt my feelings. So I didn't get in the game with them because I wasn't good with it. They say something to hurt my feelings. I was out crying somewhere. Or I would lower my light because I was told I was too sensitive. And when I started really expressing in God and in unity, my mom said I was being, I was, what did she say? Uh, brainwashed. She thought I was brainwashed until she saw that I, as I got deeper into God, I became more fully self-expressed to the point where I expressed to her how I feel, really felt sometimes. I was so grateful for that because I had been in therapy for years. And then one thing, I could tell my daddy how I felt. I remember when I was 16 and my daddy was fussing about stuff. And I said, well, then get the F out. If you don't want it, if you don't like it, then get the F out. He was fussing at my sister about something. I, I did, we, we, we don't need you. And then I was like, I'm sorry, Daddy, we do need you. I'm so sorry. But I was protecting my sister. It was easy for me to protect other people. But it was not easy for me to protect myself. I wasn't being authentic. I wasn't speaking up to my mom when she would say things that might hurt my feelings. I would just go along with it and tuck that down because in deep down inside of me, I had a fear that she'd leave me if I told her who I really was, that I was angry. Anybody had times where you would be nervous to be angry to, towards your parents? Nervous to be angry towards God? What the heck is going on? Seriously? I remember when my nephew passed away. He was eight months old. It was a car accident they were in. Christmas 1996, I knew the accident was going to happen. Tried to get my brother to practice taking my nephew out of the car seat. It wasn't until they were driving out of the, the um, driveway that I saw the accident. They didn't have a cell phone for me to talk to them. And then a half hour later, they were in a car accident. The car exploded and my baby, my nephew was in it. Eight months old, died in a car accident. I was angry at God. But I was too upset to express it. There was a lot of depression and anger and hurt inside of me, and it was not a good feeling. I was deep down in a deep depression. Anybody been in a deep depression before? Because you're caught up in trying, you want to express how you feel, but you don't. Anybody been in a relationship where you know this isn't a healthy relationship, or at a job where you know that job's not healthy, and you just stay there because you're nervous to say something about it, you're nervous to speak up for yourself, you're no, you can take up for somebody else, you're nervous to speak up for yourself. I was at that point. I went into a deep depression. I couldn't understand why God would give me a gift where I can see something, but I can't stop it. And that was the third time I saw my brother in a car accident. And this time somebody died. And they ended up in the hospital burnt to, they were burnt really bad. I couldn't understand why would you do this? I couldn't worship God, let alone even think about God. I was angry but I couldn't express it. I couldn't be fully self-expressed because I thought if I do, God will kill me. Because you're not worthy, you're sinful, you're gonna die. You know how you grow up with those thoughts? That's how I felt. Until I got to the point, see, I had already developed a relationship with God where I was strong in God for all those years. And then so I got to that point where I couldn't live without God because I had life with God. So I had to confess to God. And confessing is telling your truth. That's what confessing is. It's not just telling the things that you've done wrong. Confessing is telling your truth. You cannot truly worship God until you've connected to your truth and expressed your truth. And then you're connected in your heart with the worship of the Spirit of God within. And then you can move into understanding, which is the truth part, mind, the divine law. 
They come together when you worship. So I did. I, went, I, I, I got to a point where I, God, please forgive me for being so angry with you. Why would you give me this gift? And I can't stop anything. Why would you give me this gift? I don't understand why I'm here if you give me this and I can't do anything. Why would you give me? Why am I here? And God said, divine order is divine order. You are not here to stop things from happening. You are here to be my presence in the midst of it. Things will happen even when you walk with me. But you are here to be the presence, my presence in the midst of it. When you worship God in spirit and in truth, you worship with the authentic the expression of who you are. You tell the truth to yourself. And you get that strength from telling the truth to yourself and you share with other people. And worshiping is not just in church. You worship all the time. My daddy used to play Christmas music in July. All year round, he'd be playing Christmas music. His friends would come, I mean, co-workers would come into his room, and he'd be having a Christmas music, have a holly jolly Christmas. He's a music goer. And not the, not the, uh, silent, the, the upbeat Christmas music. Why you got Christmas music in July? Because Christmas is just not one day. My daddy said, when you love Jesus... The birth of Christ is every day. So I celebrate every day. I celebrate every day. That's worship. That's worship. Where no matter what's going on in your life, you know the presence of God is there. And you celebrate the presence of God there. But this is the other part of being the expression of heaven on earth. It starts within your body temple. Your body is the earth. The spirit within you, the Christ self, is your spirit. When you worship through the spirit inside of yourself, that means you got to go inside and worship. you got to feel moved from the inside out. Not the music moves you. No, your spirit moves you. Anybody ever been moved from the inside out? Y'all see me move many times. I'm always up here <laughs> boohooing. <laughs> and it's like I'm trying to stop it, but you can't stop it when you connect it. You've got to be authentic and real and true, in spirit and in truth. How many of you are ready to go to the next level of letting God's zeal, God's passion, move in and through you as you express and worship in your everyday life, in spirit and in truth? God is spirit, together. And I will worship God in spirit and in truth. Now, this is, the, this is the crux of that. The only way to actually worship God in truth is to study God. That means pulling out the Bibles, and that means studying. And I know sometimes it's difficult. When I was growing up, it, was, it seemed difficult to read, but that's why I used the New Living Translation. There are translations that are easy to read, and you get the understanding of what it is. And then there's, you can go and you can research. Like I said, the Metaphysical Bible Dictionary gives you the metaphysical spiritual definition of every name in the Bible. 
And then Charles Fillmore also has the revealing word, which has different words like worship in there. And worship, he says, is when you truly identify. Let me read what he said it is. He says, I love Charles Fillmore. He says, when one worships, he bestows his love on or identifies with the things of the spirit. It's not just praising. It's not just praising God's name. It's coming from a space where you're connected from the inside out and you're moved from the inside out. And there's a part inside of you that makes you want to grow like the plants grow on their own with an innate expression of divine blueprint of God. That part of you wants to grow and then express from the inside out. When you worship in spirit and in truth, you worship with your heart and your mind. And the two come together, your heart, your heart and your mind. And they come together and they express through you as an individualized expression of God. Does that make sense? So if we expressed like authentically, like for real, for real, like for real, for real, if we expressed like authentically who you are, like for real, for real, like even in here, because we put on our church clothes when we come in here. And we put on our church persona when we come in here. But what if you for real, for real, were vulnerable enough, strong enough to be vulnerable? Vulnerability and being transparent is a strength. It's not a weakness. What would this world be like? What would this room be like when we come in even more fully self-expressed? Like for real. Any ideas? How would the vibration feel in here if you were really, really authentically you? Like for real? I'm asking. Amazing. Because spirit will speak to spirit and express spirit. The Bible says the deep speaks to the deep. That's the Christ in me connects with the Christ in you. I ain't looking at the outside. That's why when Adam and Eve were walking in the in, um, Garden of Eden, before they ate of the fruit, they didn't even know they were naked. It was after they ate of the fruit that they knew they were naked. And then a connotation of a negative connotation and a fear of showing up fully self-expressed. They had to hide themselves. You don't have to hide in here. This is a sanctuary. A sanctuary is a place where you come and you be fully who you are. And then when you worship, you worship from that place who you fully are, the true expression of who you are. Not this hidden mask that you want other people to see because you're nervous about sharing who you really are. Are we ready to do that? Yes. Only a couple people? <laughs> I mean, if you're being honest, that's okay. But I'm having a feeling that maybe this is something that we all wanna do. Yes? yes? Thank you. Do you have any fruit? <laughs> I don't have any fruit on me. Nope. Not on me. I am ready to be fully self-expressed. Together? I am ready to be fully self-expressed. Now say it like you mean it. I am ready to be fully self-expressed. So when we see each other and we embrace each other, we embrace the sacred from the sacred. We look each other in the eyes. We hold each other through our heart. Not, uh, huh, huh, huh. 
No, you hold from the heart. Even if you don't, even if you shake a hand, you shake from the heart. Does that make sense? Why am I saying this? Why am I saying this? Because this world needs to be fully self-expressed. This world needs to be vulnerable. This world needs to express its wounds and heal them inside before you go out and act on other people. Hurting people hurt people. But if we right here in this room, in this sanctuary, in this spiritual community can start extending out fully self-expressed love and start worshiping, you become the vibration of the true spirit that you are. And it goes into the world and you get lifted up. The vibration in here gets lifted up. And if I be lifted up, I draw the whole world onto me who is on that vibration. Those who are wounded will be raised up too. And they won't have to act out to act on you so that they can feel more powerful. Shoot you up so that they can feel more powerful. And they got to do it more and more because it's coming from the outside. And there's never satisfaction on the outside. Even when your body's satisfied from the outside, like when you eat something real good, you digest it and it's over. It's temporal. It's fleeting. You pass through it. But I promise you, when you live in the presence of God, worshiping through your heart, And through your mind on an everyday basis, it will be so eternal that you will want to live there forever. That's where I want to be forever. I want to be there forever. And then when I leave my body, it won't be any hard fear of transitioning. I will just be there. I will just be there. You know, does anybody know someone who was in hospice for a while and they went through having to reconcile with the fact that they were passing away and it was a fear there? Anybody? I've had that too. But don't you know we are doing that right now without hospice? We are doing that right now without hospice. We are moving into a space where we are afraid to transition over and give uh, birth to who we truly are and die from the facade that we've been walking around for years. I promise you it's familiar, but it's not comfortable. When you worship in spirit and in truth, you manifest heaven on earth. Because you become the vibration of heaven. You live in the vibration of heaven and in God. And then you express as God. Are we ready to express as God? I am ready to express as God. I am ready to express as God. I am ready to express as God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Amen. Amen. That's what we're worshiping. We're done. Thank you. It's like you're looking through a telescope, seeing where you're going to be, growing, getting better. You're not the person they see. Believe this one's yours.